about 300 or 400 people with the testimony this morning that God made a way through for you. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Shout out to 
your neighbor, when will he come through? Now answer him and tell him every time. Every time. You excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Anybody grateful to feel the Holy Ghost in this place today? I have about six people on the way to your seat. Tell him he just keeps making a way. He just keeps on making a way. Woo! He's a way maker. I said he's a way maker. Them old songs just roll around in my spirit. One old writer said, how do you know he's a way maker? Tell me, what has he done for you? Has he brought you out? Without a doubt. Woo! Some of y'all know what I'm talking about this morning. Amen. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord today. I want to take a moment to give God a great big praise for all of our guests that are here today. Rock Church, would you help me put your hands together and help me make some noise? We can do a little bit better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests into the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our first-time guests in the house of the Lord. If you are here for the very first time, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked through the doors. And if you're here this morning and you did not receive one, if you would just quickly slip your hand in the air, one of our staff members will run one of them to you very quickly. We want to make sure that you have one. This is an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. Amen. We have some light refreshments and a small gift prepared for you just as a token of appreciation. We want you to know what an honor it is that you would take time out of your day to come and worship with us right here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Amen, church. Would you help me one more time? Put your hands together. We have a little policy around here that, that, that we want to make sure all of our first-time guests understand. And I, I know that it's, it's rude to impose policies on your guest, but this one is very important to us. And the policy is simply this, that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. After that, you're just at home right here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Amen, somebody. Would you turn around 360 degrees, touch every hand you can reach, and tell them welcome home this morning. Come on, tell them welcome home. Help me. They're, they're behind you. They're in front of you. They're beside you. Come on, tell them welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. So excited to have you in the house of the Lord. It is wonderful to have uh, Brother AJ in the house of the Lord with us this morning. This is Sister Keisha Mitchell's son, and we're so honored that he's in the house of the Lord. Would you help me put your hands together? Welcome him into the house of the Lord this morning. So excited to have him. God is doing incredible things uh, for many weeks back to back now. Every Sunday, we have been breaking attendance records in our Sunday school department. I think we ought to give God a great big praise. Come on, help me give God some praise for KidZone and for Sunday Express, our transportation ministry. Come on, let's give God some praise and thank Him. God has been doing great big things. And then, uh, even in this service already this morning, uh, she came and rushed up to me during the meet and greet. And uh, But Crystal is in the house of the Lord this morning, and she rushed up to me with tears in her eyes and said, I just received the Holy Ghost this morning during praise and worship. Uh, she said, I, I was starting to wonder if it was real because I, I hadn't received it. Uh, she said, but I received the Holy Ghost already this morning uh, and I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name uh, today. Hey, uh, you ain't got to wait for the altar call. Uh, you don't even have to wait for the sermon this morning. Uh, if you want God, uh, He's in the building right now. Come on, if you need a miracle, you can get it right now. Uh, if you need deliverance, 
past somebody ought to throw your hands up in the air. Hallelujah. Whoa. My God. There's a lot of Holy Ghost in this house today. Amen. And uh, I want you to grab your calendars very quickly. And uh, I want you to enter this. Is it the 9th? Is that right? Do I have the right date? 5th. November the 5th. Tell your neighbor November the 5th. That Sunday, we will be having a 10-year pastoral anniversary celebration party in the building. Amen. It is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, there is more information to come, but we are going to celebrate uh, 10 years uh, of being in Fort Myers and 25 years as a church. In Can I just tell you something? What God has done in these short 10 years is nothing short of a miracle. Come on, I think somebody ought to give God a great big. I need some of my Lions Club saints uh, to go ahead and sound off in the building this morning. Uh, what God has done is an absolute miracle in this place. Amen. And we're going to have guest speaker and, and all kind of special, special things happening on that day. And so whatever you do, make sure your calendar is clear for Sunday, November the 5th. It's going to be an amazing time together in the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. How many of you have been blessed by the ministry of our evangelist, Brother Phillips, over the past several weeks? Stand with me, if you would, all over this house as we prepare for the entrance of God's Word into this place. While you're standing, I, I do want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone uh, who has sent well wishes and for those of you who jumped in an airplane this week and uh, made your way all the way to the state of Washington to help us celebrate the wedding of brother Judah and sister Alina this week Amen and uh, my family wants to thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, for all of your support and we want you to know how much it has meant to us to have you standing with us during these special times and uh, for every kind word and message that was sent and every sentiment that was sent uh, towards uh, my beautiful children I want to personally say thank you and let you know how much I love and appreciate each and every one of you there's no greater family in the world than this family right here. Amen. And I love you and I appreciate you to all of those who lent a hand this week uh, to make sure things were running smoothly uh, in our absence as well as the absence of so many others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your commitment to the house of the Lord. There is no telling what God wants to do before we leave this house today. Did anybody come with a spirit of expectation? Come on, did you come ready to receive something from God in this place? Would you put your hands together one more time? Come on, let's give God a great big praise all over this sanctuary as Brother Phillips comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. Well, lift your voice as high as you can and give Jesus the praise. Come on, give him the praise that he's worthy of. Give him the praise he's worthy of. Hallelujah. 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 And the presence of the Lord is in this house today. And it's already been said, but I will strongly reiterate it. Is that whatever you need is in this house today. Say, what, what do you mean when you say whatever? I, I, I literally mean anything that you need. It's here. There's a God in this house that loves you, that cares about you, and that wants to uh, help you today. The book of 2 Kings chapter 7, one verse of scripture. 2 Kings chapter 7, uh, verse 3. 
While you're turning there, let me give honor to the angel of this pulpit, the man of God that deserves honor and double honor. That is, and and believe me, I know uh, that God gives the increase. There's a story of an old farmer. This man rolled into his field and said, man, look at all of this stuff that the Lord has planted in these fields. He looked at the corn and he looked at the beans and things of that sort. And he said, man, it's just beautiful, the creation of God. And that farmer walked up and said, man, you should have seen it when God had it by himself. It didn't look nothing like this. And uh, so God does give the increase, but God gives increase to the hand of a man and a woman that will work and do the work of God with everything that they have. And I can't think of many uh, that give the effort that Bishop and First Lady Williams give to this church. So we honor them today. Amen. All the wonderful saints of God. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 3, very familiar text. If you've been in Sunday school or spent much time around church, the Bible reads, There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? I want to preach with your help and the help of the Lord for the next few moments, walking in weakness. Walking in weakness. Come on, would you tell somebody today you got to walk? Come on, you got to walk. You can't sit down. You got to get up. You got to walk. Would you lift your hands with me right now and let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We worship you. God, you're so good to us. You never fail. God, you never come up short. But you are amazing, God. You're amazing because everything you do is perfect and everything you do is holy. Everything you do is righteous. We're asking you, Lord, right now, have your way in this house. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow through this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you may be seated in the fear of the Lord. We're just going to kind of pick up where we left off on Tuesday night, if that be okay. And just kind of preach part two, I guess you could say, and uh, go from there. Again, if you spend any time in, in Sunday school or any time at church, this, this story is not unfamiliar to you. It is a story of loss. It is a story of drought. It was a story, quite literally, of famine and besiegement. God's people have been shut up in the city because of the Assyrians. They have surrounded them made it where they cannot leave the, the city walls. It is a story of your life and my life as we get in seasons where it feels as if we can't move one foot in front of the other. It's a story of where each and every one of us find ourselves when we take three steps forward and four steps Back. It was to the point to where, and, and it's interesting to me that the struggle is always related, uh, even in scripture and in your life. I know I can get an amen when I say this. The struggle is usually related to finances. Well, praise God. We got three honest people in here. The rest of y'all don't want to tell nobody about it. It's always connected to the finances. And, and, and so the Bible says that it had gotten to the point to where they were charging outlandish prices for things that Jews wouldn't even eat to begin with. And so uh, as, as they are in this place where they had nowhere to go and, and no food to eat and the finances of the city were terrible, the economy was upside down, the Bible says that there came a prophet and he walked up in the middle 
of that chaos and said, tomorrow, about this time, everything is going to change and you're going to have bread and you're going to have flour and you're going to see everything turn around and work out in your favor. He said, tomorrow, about this time, everything will change, which brings us to our scripture text where there are four leprous men that are sitting at the entering of the gate, the Bible. Uh, as we read it, there are little bits of gold and glory that are there. And, and one thing that I noticed in reading this, past, this passage of Scripture is that as it begins to narrate the story that the Bible never includes the men uh, by name, but rather it identifies them by their weakness. It identifies them by their situation. You don't find their names anywhere in Scripture, but rather there is a label, Brother Williams, that is put upon them that lets us know that they are weak and feeble men. Isn't it amazing that the adversary will use your weakness to try to identify you and label you in your own mind and in the church world? He wants to convince you that you are what you've done, but can I tell you that just because you've lied doesn't mean that you're name is liar. And just because you've committed adultery doesn't mean that your name is adultery. And just because you messed up, it does not mean that you are labeled by your condition. Somebody needs to get a hold of what I'm saying right now and understand, I don't care if you sinned right before you walked in those doors. We got a God that is faithful and he is just to forgive us. Say, well, preacher, you're making it to where we can do whatever we want to do. No, that's not what I'm saying today. But I'm telling you that when you walk in this house uh, and you repent of your sins, you are no longer uh, who you used to be. Uh, when you go down in the water, uh, you come up a new creature in Christ. Uh, all things are passed away. Uh, behold, all things are new. Uh, you're not the person you used to be uh, when you receive salvation. Uh, and that is evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. And I tell you today, people might see you as a mess, but God sees you as a message in the making. People might see you as all washed up, but God sees you as all washed clean. People might see you as junk, but God says what man calls junk, I call treasure. I don't care what man calls you. I want to know what God calls you. got a long way to go and not enough time to get there today. So let me just skip to the chase right now and tell you that God knows you by name. God knows exactly where you live. God knows, baby, God knows what you're going through. He didn't, you're not just a label to God. You're not just a leper to God. But when you start getting up from where you are and start walking in your weakness, it gets God's attention and God has to come down and see what's going on in your world. Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody today, you just keep coming to church and you don't worry about what people say about you. You don't worry about what th people think about you. Well, if I go to that church and I don't look like them, baby, don't work or worry about it. Uh, this church believes come as you are. We preach it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. You're welcome here. Uh, it doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, you're welcome here. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from. Uh, you're welcome here. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you got. Uh, you're welcome here because we got a revelation uh, that Jesus never leaves anybody uh, the same way that he found them. Uh, so if you came in broken, uh, you're going to leave healed. Uh, you're going to leave restored. Uh, you're going to leave with joy. Uh, you're going to leave with peace uh, in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I know you're weak, uh, but baby, walk while you're weak. Uh, I know you've been labeled, uh, but walk while you've been labeled. Uh, I know you've been misunderstood, uh, but walk while you've been misunderstood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
If you'll let the devil convince you, you'll sit where you are and you will die. But there was a spirit that got a hold of a leper that said, why said we here until we die? Can I preach that to somebody on a Sunday morning that you've been depressed and your depression isn't getting any better? You've been addicted and your addiction isn't getting any better. Your family's been in disarray and it ain't getting any better. And so if you stay where you are, your problem will most likely kill you. If you stay where you are, your problem will drive you crazy. But if you can hear this crazy preacher from Mississippi on a Sunday morning and get up out of the place that you're in, society said you had to stay there. But I'm here to tell you, you're in a church that doesn't believe what society says. Your family said that you gotta stay there. But you're in a church that doesn't believe what your family says. Get up and walk. Get up and move. Don't die where you are. They had to come to a place where they recognized their situation. They recognized I am what they say that I am. I am a leper. I am weak. But that doesn't mean I have to die weak. Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me preach on Sunday morning. Some of y'all came to church all bougie, act like you ain't never had a problem. Act like you ain't never had a weakness. You act like you ain't never had a sleepless night. But somebody that's done been to hell and back is hearing this preacher right now. And you're getting up from where you are. You're getting up out of the dysfunction. You're getting up out of the addiction. You're getting up out I wish you would look the devil in the eye and say, I might be weak, but I'm walking. I might be a leper, but I'm walking. I'm everything you say I am, but that's not going to stop me from getting up and walking. They said we can... There's this conversation that they have amongst themselves. They said, if we go back to the city, there's a famine there. And if we go back to the famine, we're going to die in starvation. Can I tell you today that what you left is just as empty and as barren as it was the day you left it. What you left is just as, it's so full of famine and bitterness just like it was the day that you left it. What happens is we get all excited. It's kind of like the children of Israel. That's where we preached last Tuesday night. They get in this process of going through the wilderness. They got a promise, but God didn't tell them that there's a process. See, everybody shouts about wanting to be delivered. But after you're delivered, you gotta be developed. We like deliverance, but we don't like development. Because deliverance is letting God just bring us out of everything that we've been through. But development means that God puts us right back into something to make us what we ought to be. And that's why, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why some of you are frustrated in your walk with God because you've been delivered, but you won't let God develop you. You've been brought out of the addiction, but you don't want God to make you really apostolic. You've been brought out of all of the fear and the anxiety, but you won't let God put his hand on you and let him take you back through a test and a trial to make you what you need to be. Well, I don't, th oh, help me, Jesus. I'm about to make somebody mad, but I'm going to do it in the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't want no preacher telling me what to do. Okay, that's fine. Die where you're at. 
Well, I, I don't think I should have to go to a church where they tell me that I've got to be baptized. I want to do it on my own terms. That's fine. Die in your sin. Oh, I lost you there. What, what happened? You were shouting a while ago. What happened? Well, well, preacher, you don't, you, you, don't, you don't get it. You don't know what I've been through. No, I do get it. But the problem is, is if you don't let God develop you, you're going right back to where you used to be. And I, I know it's not popular in this world that we live in, but that's why you got to have a preacher because my Bible says, uh, how can they be saved uh, lest they have a preacher uh, that'll get in the pulpit and preach to them uh, the unadulterated word. I'm about to make you mad, but let me tell you, baby, you ain't smart enough to run your own life. Uh, you're not... What do you think you are? No, it's not me. It's an eternal book called the Bible. And I'm preaching out of the word of God. It's not me trying to tell you how to live your life. It's God trying to tell you. You don't have to leave the same way you came. What happens when we don't let God develop us is we start getting dormant and start sitting there with our conditions doing nothing. When we won't let God develop us, we start just parking on the outside of the church. Ooh, help me, Lord. And getting just enough preaching to make us feel good. To get the goosebumps. Well, I, I, I'll go to the rock church because they got good music and and Brother Williams, he sure can sing. And, 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 and every now and again when he starts singing them old songs, I get, I get my goosebumps. And, and, and that lasts me for another month. Let me tell you something, baby. You ain't going to be saved on goosebumps. So well, you being kind of mean today, you can call it what you want to, but I'm going to tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to attack that spirit that has convinced you that it's okay to die in your leprosy and die in your condition. I'm trying to attack that spirit that says you had it better back where you came from. I'm trying to attack a mindset that says I don't want to move forward. I'm telling you, you if you're going to live, you got to get up and you got to move. Stop being complacent. Stop crying. Stop getting comfortable. Get up and move. Get up and you gotta move. See, see preacher, you, you, you don't know Every time I feel like I'm moving forward, I feel like I'm going to die. Let me tell you something, honey. I'd rather you feel like you're dying and live than get comfortable and die comfortable. Because the devil will put you in a rocking chair and he'll rock you to death. He'll rock. You, you can ask Samson about it. He'll tell you, Delilah's got a way of putting your head in her lap and just rocking you until you end up dead. I'm telling you today, I know it's uncomfortable, but get up and walk. I, I, I know you got to walk back through the trial and walk back through the test, but get up. I told y'all, I ain't got one point today. Get up and walk. Get up and move. Don't just let God do it. Get up and do your part. This is not the season for lazy apostolics. This is not the season for you to come to church and exist. I'm going to make a statement right here that may hurt your feelings, but baby, you'll get over it. Either you're on fire or you're not even a part of the church. This is a season where you can't be gray. You can't be lukewarm. You're either hot or you're cold. You're either in or you're out. You're either moving or you're dying. This is the attitude that we're dealing with today. Well, let's just let God be God. Let Jesus handle it. Let Jesus fix it. Let, let, him, let him work it on out. But let me tell you something. Jesus never did a miracle that he didn't ask somebody to get involved with their miracle. 
So you don't have Bible to back that up? Oh, yes, I do. He can raise Lazarus, but you got to roll away the stone. He can fill your nets, but you got to cast them on the other side. He can heal your blindness, but you got to go wash in the Jordan. He can feed the 5,000, but he's got to get you to give the loaves and the fishes. He can heal the withered hand, but you got to stretch forth. God's telling somebody today, I can do whatever you need me to do, but I need you to get involved with your own miracle. You can't stay laid back in your Holy Ghost lazy boy and just coast your way to heaven. Get up and do something. I don't... I'm not like you. I'm not going to do it like you, baby. I'm not asking you to do it like me, but do something. You might not dance like Bishop, but do something. You might not run like Mother over here, but baby, you ought to do something. If you want a miracle, get up and move. Get up and live. Get up and walk out of your church world has messed us up because we think we just come to church and confess the Lord as our personal savior and now I should never have another problem if I confess him I should never be depressed again. That's why people are leaving Christianity at an all-time rate. But there's this one little thing that's happening while they're leaving Christianity in the sense of traditional church. Bishop, there's something that's happening in the earth. This Pentecostalism is growing faster than any other denomination or any other spiritual uh, entity in the world. Why? Because it's moving. You're here to throw stones. I'm not here to throw stones at anybody, but let me tell you something. If you go to a church where all you do is sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel, stand, and then pray your little prayer after the preacher, you need to find you another church. You need to find you a church where when the preacher will get in your face and tell it, you got to get developed. You got to get up from where you are. If that was... If it was true that all you had to do was just come to church and exist, then we don't need to preach about David, who was a man after God's own heart, who the Bible says he comes back from sick lag, or to sick lag, and finds out that he lost his wives, lost his children, his men lost everything they had, What's, what's interesting about this is he went out to fight a battle and came home and found out he lost one he didn't even know he was in. That's what I call trouble on every side. And, and it's Old Testament vernacular, but the Bible says that David started listening to his brethren as they talked about stoning him. His friends turned against him. The guys that are fighting for him are now wanting to fight him. And the Bible uses this word, and again, I know it's the King James, but it's, it, it's, it's modern, in modern English, it would sound something like this. It says, David got stressed out. Again, King James used the word distress, but that's what it means. David got stressed. I ain't gonna ask you to show your hand because I know if you don't live, that you lie. But anybody in here been stressed lately? Anybody in here had to walk through some stress? Money ain't money. The marriage ain't marriaging. The kids ain't acting right. Nothing's working. Stressed on every side, Brother John. And we think when we get stressed that God's supposed to do his job. But you know what the Bible says? David encouraged himself. I don't know what it looked like for David, but for me, it's a trip to the bathroom to look myself in the mirror and say, oh, 
everything's gonna be all right. It may not look right right now. It may, but God's gonna come. Through. Didn't He bring you out before, boy? Didn't He bring you through before? If He did it before, He's gonna make a way again. I, I don't know what it looked like for David, but for somebody here tonight, you you know what it's like to be distressed to the point that you begin to cry. And, and as the song said, trouble in my way, I had to cry sometimes. It goes on to say, laid awake at night, but it said, that's going to be all right. You want to know why? Because the last part of the song says, Jesus is going to fix it after That's what it looked like for David. It was turmoil. It was stress. It was discomfort. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. If you don't hear nothing else I say today, I want you to go home, look yourself in the mirror, and tell yourself everything will be all right. David encouraged himself. Well, I don't go to church because I don't get anything out of it. You got to get to a point where you learn how to come to church and encourage yourself. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something right now. You see me running and shouting and dancing, I don't feel like it all the time. Sometimes I don't run because I know because God did something. Sometimes I run because I know God's gonna do something. I don't, I don't feel like shouting every Sunday when I come to church. I just be honest with, am, am I by myself or is there any more honest people in the church uh, that are saying, I don't always feel like shouting, uh, but I shout not because of what God has done, uh, but just because of who God is uh, and because of who he is. Uh, I know that he's gonna keep making a way uh, out of the way. David encouraged himself. David grabbed himself by the, uh, by the collar and said, boy, you're going to go to church uh, and you're going to worship uh, because even if he don't deliver, uh, he's still worthy. Uh, he's still worthy. Uh, even if he don't bring me out, uh, I still got to praise him. Uh, and while David began to praise, uh, some something started happening all of a sudden he started jumping a little higher he started running a little faster because you can't praise God and the anointing not get involved you encourage yourself and God will come down in what you're going through I'll tell you why this is so powerful I know it's simple but it's powerful David encouraged himself. You want to know why that's powerful? Because don't nobody know what you need to hear like you know what you need to hear. I can preach to you for six weeks and never push the right button. But you can look yourself in the mirror and you already know what the problem is. And you already know what you need. That's why you got to learn to look at yourself and say, He will keep them in perfect peace whose mind... I'm in turmoil, but my Bible says uh, he will keep them uh, in perfect peace. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm distressed, uh, but he will keep them uh, in perfect peace. Uh, I've been beat up, uh, but he will keep them uh, in perfect peace. Uh, I've been drugged through the mud, uh, but he will keep them uh, in perfect peace. Uh, talked about, uh, but he will keep them uh, in perfect peace. Uh, misunderstood. But he will, y'all ain't gonna help me preach on Sunday morning. He'll keep them in perfect peace. I don't know what you're going through, but you need to encourage yourself because he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. David encourages himself and then the Bible says that he called 
for the linen ephod, which was a type of the anointing. David doesn't get anointed, then encourage himself. David encouraged himself, then gets anointed. And the Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke. If I take this out of context, you fix it. But it just literally says to me that God will not do for me what I can do for myself. You want God to pull you out of stuff that you keep putting yourself back in. You want God to get you out of things that you keep. God done delivered you 10 times uh, and you keep walking back to it and wonder why God ain't trying to deliver me now. Baby, you got to learn how when you, while everything's lost, uh, while you're at rock bottom, uh, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Uh, and when you encourage yourself, the anointing of God will flow. David, encourages himself. David gets anointed and David begins to pray. Lord, should we pursue? And God said, pursue. I'm not going to bring it to you. Listen, I don't care how saved you are. You're not a miracle magnet. You don't just come to church and throw your hands in the air and all of a sudden you're a millionaire. You, you, you don't just come to church and all of a sudden you got the Holy Ghost and now because you got the Holy Ghost, you're going to be getting $100,000 checks in the mail. That ain't how it works. David, I've anointed you. Now pursue. You know what it was like? It was the same thing as those four lepers. Get up and move. Pursue. You gotta work. For you shall recover all. See, if you were waiting on a good place to shout, you just missed it because God just told you if you'll get out of your pity party, if you'll get out of crying about everything that's happened to you and stop whining about he said, she said, they did this, they did that and start walking in the word of God and start walking in the anointing of God. You're gonna go, you're gonna pursue and without fail, you're gonna recover all. Pursue, pursue, get up, pursue. Ye shall, without doubt, recover all. When God spoke to David, it was a sure word in an unsure place. God speaks to David when David is backed into a corner. David has failed as a leader. I don't think, I, I mean, we're talking about this last night. I, you know, I like David as a Bible character, but I don't think I like David as a person. I mean, think about it. He's got a bad temper. Every wife he ever had was somebody else's wife. Always fight, starting fights. But there was something about David that God said, David, I'll give you everything you want. There was something about David that it was not, I really do believe David got everything he got, not because he sat on a throne and told somebody, now you go do this and you go do that. But you read time and time again, David's got a sword in his hand. Do you want it? Do you want a miracle? Do you want a blessing? Do you want a breakthrough? Then put your sword in your hand. Four leprous men, weak, labeled by their condition. When they begin to move, the Bible says that the Assyrians were cooking dinner four leprous men. But when they begin to move, the
the Assyrians that are set back relaxing started hearing a rumbling. And you go read it, it's in your Bible. The Bible says that they heard the army of the Lord. See, this is why the devil don't like it when you start walking in weakness, because then he don't see you no more. And he don't hear you no more. Now it's not you, but you're marching with an army that cannot be numbered, that's got all of heaven on its Hey, I, I, I know you've been through some stuff, but walk, because while you're walking, there's a host of angels that are walking with you. I know you've been through some stuff, but walk because while you're walking, Jesus is walking with you. Jesus has got a sword in his hand. While you're in your weakness, just keep on walking because God's fighting for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Musicians, come, I'm closing. Weak, feeble man scarred by life. They literally stink. The Bible in the New Testament in Luke chapter 17 get ready but don't put that up there quite yet. In Luke chapter 17 there were 10 lepers. Jesus is coming to town and these weak men labeled by their condition found Jesus and began to ask him Lord, would you make us clean? Now here's the deal. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy named Jesus, but he's kind of a big deal. He's the greatest miracle worker that's ever lived. He made spitballs and healed a guy's blindness. He told a man that his daughter was dead that she's not dead, she's just asleep. He called Lazarus out of a grave. I mean, he's done some pretty cool stuff. Don't you think Jesus could just snap his fingers and everything change? But Luke chapter 17, verse 14, let, let's, let's read it together. I want you to see it because y'all think I'm lying. This is too good if I just read it to you. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they when he never laid hands on them he never prayed for them he never made a spitball but he said baby as see you're waiting on Jesus to show up and do the miracle for you and you don't realize he's already spoken the word that's waiting to be activated by your motion as they went, they were cleansed. I fully believe that if they would have stood right there and looked at one another and not moved, that they would have never got a miracle. But with the first step, they started looking and leprosy started drying up. And when the second step happened, they looked at one another and said, I can't believe it. It's really working. By the time they made 10 steps, I believe they were leaping and rejoicing. Let me put it like this. As they went, their tears dried up. As they went, their marriage got put back together again. As they went, the court case started turning in their favor. As they went, the addiction started backing up. As they went, the depression started leaving. As they went, anxiety started leaving. As they went, joy started showing up. As they went, peace started showing up. Come on, you, you wait no God. You wait no God, God's waiting on you, baby. You wait on a miracle, God's waiting on you. Take it up. See, here we are right now. You're waiting on me. And you're waiting on them. And 
God said, I've already spoke the miracle. Just move on it. You're waiting on somebody to start a track before you can dance. But God said, I've already started the miracle. I'm just waiting on you to move on it. I've already started the revival in your world. I just need you to put your feet on it. I'm telling you that there's a miracle in this house today with somebody's name on it. But you got to make up in your mind, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the leprosy. I'm coming out of the dysfunction. I'm coming out of the anxiety. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. If you want it, you can have it. You just got to move, move. here at the Rock Church and so again we, we don't mean to impose but this is just something we're, we've started in this revival and, and, and it's when the, the God is moving and there's miracle working power and I, I'm just going to challenge a guest today I, and, and, and this is not I'm not trying to be mean but I'm just telling you you got a miracle in this house today so he started a new thing at the Rock Church that's when God is moving nobody sits in their pew but they get up and move from where they are and I understand you may have health health issues where you can't move all the way to the front you can't run dance shout all that but I'm not asking you to run to the front of the church but I am asking you to get up from where you are and do something if you want a miracle I'm not I'm not asking you to act crazy but I am asking you to move I'm asking you to get up from where you are and if all you do is take five steps out into the aisle then baby take those five steps because that's five steps closer to your miracle that's five steps closer to your breakthrough come on somebody move somebody walk but we almost done. Bible says that there were four men. Now I know this, this may not make any sense to you, but there's spiritual implication that I don't have time to deal with right now. So what I want you to do is find you three people to link up with right now. We're fixing a march to the devil's gates and take him down. The Assyrians had food enough to change the world, if you will, for the church. They had food enough to end the famine. We've been on this, Bishop. It was last Sunday night the Holy Ghost was in it. We started talking about how we're not just going to take back what we lost, but we want everything the devil has. So I want you to get with those people that are next to you, and I want you to begin to march towards the gates of the enemy. And I'm telling you why you're marching. The enemy's going to start giving up the stuff that he's been holding on to. Come on, get your neighbor by the hand and tell him, let's go to the enemy's camp and let's take everything he's got. We want every backslider. We want every addict. We want them all.
I'm gonna tell this family right here. I don't know y'all, I don't know where you come from. I never seen you before to my knowledge. But when you started walking today, the Holy Ghost showed me miracles that were following you everywhere that you were going. And if you keep walking in the direction you're walking right now, the thing that you've been praying God and asking God to do, he said he started it today. But as long as you walk, he'll keep working the miracle. And it's fixing to come to an end. The trial that you've been going through that's been making you feel like you were losing your mind, it's coming to an end right now in Jesus' name. Come on, I need somebody to praise God for our brother right now. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. 